appreciate your being here today. And um, yeah, so <laughs> um, we're going to be resuming our discussion about the rewards in heaven. Um, and today is Mother's Day. Thank you for being here and happy Mother's Day to everybody who are moms and we appreciate it, appreciate you very much and I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that as the day goes on and we have little celebrations here and there. So, okay. All right. Yeah, that, that moves. Careful. Okay. All right, guys. Um, we will uh, go ahead and uh, get started with our lesson, pick up where we left off last week with the purpose of there being rewards in heaven. And I think we're kind of on the home stretch here um, with this particular topic. Um, one thing, we, we're going to have a lot of rain for the next few days, so batten down the hatches um, between today and tomorrow and the day after, so we'll see how it goes. Um, it's good to be here, and it's a bless- every day is a blessing. Every day is a blessing that we're able to get up and, and say hello to the new day. And so that's with that in mind, that, that means we still have a purpose for what we have to do each day, and that's to be in ministry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's look to the Lord with a prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to just sit and reflect upon you. We thank you for what your word has to say to us. We thank you for the opportunity to go over your word and discuss your word. And and Lord, we just thank you for the spirit as how it teaches us, instructs us, guides us, directs us. We thank you for providing us with that extra measure of faith that we need to truly believe and trust what your word says to us. We thank you and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, we're back to it. And I believe we're on the fourth paragraph of our gotquestions.org question. What is the purpose of there being rewards in heaven? Just as a reminder, thank you, Pearl, by the way. Just as a reminder um, that this whole study about heaven uh, is more of an instructional uh, study where you can have conversations with people about matters such as heaven because those are natural questions that may come up as you're discipling other people. So it's good information to have this and it's good to be able to bolster this up as far as additional knowledge. I'm almost treating this like a course in college where you're, you're sitting in college and there are some things you might know about a topic but then you might learn some additional things or hear some things you didn't know and uh, i'm not going to quiz you at the end though i promise i'm not going to give you a test uh that test is up to you to just read the word and acknowledge it you could handle it okay Uh, that's we we could handle it yeah you could handle it i'm sure you could but uh, but i'm not going to test you so (laughs) i'm not going to test you i'm just going to go ahead and (laughs) just trust that the the information is good, so, okay. But um, we're picking up on the paragraph number four. Remember we had, uh, one of the things that we did just as a brief review from last week, we were talking about how the rewards in heaven, and one of the great rewards, in, in fact, is that uh, Jesus is the one who is the ultimate reward through salvation uh, that he gives to us, and that's something that we have even before we get to heaven, but we share in the great Things that Jesus has, uh, and we we're going to be talking about. We talked about that a lot last week, and that we are going to be dwelling with Him. Our lives are inextricably linked with Jesus Christ. 
because of the fact that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So in many ways, even though we're talking about rewards uh, that are coming up in heaven when we finally get there, we, we share a lot with him right now. He has already given us a great reward by the fact of our trusting in him as personal savior of our lives. One of the things that we've emphasized, and I just want to remind everyone here of this fact too, just because you hear about Christ being spoken about in the church and just because you're hearing about it being spoken about here in class, don't assume that everyone has a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It has to be personalized. It has to be something that a person understands and says, yes, Lord, I believe. That's all the stuff that we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, or a week ago, um, at the seminar uh, about having faith and believing. It's something that a person has to personalize themselves. So you never really stop talking about Jesus Christ because you don't know what the person thinks or believes. You just don't know for sure. I mean, you might get inklings of it based upon their actions, but if you're not around them all the time, you really don't know for sure. Sometimes the only time we see some of our people is in church, in a church environment where it's kind of hard to act up. Uh, You can only do so much in church, um, but you don't see their lives outside of church. But it's important for us to keep talking about matters related to Christ, no matter where we are. And that's at work. Um, that's in the workplace, that's going to be out in public, that's going to be in restaurants, in places where we go, because you just never know who's listening, and you never know who the Spirit is guiding you to speak to. Just be ready to speak. So let's go to the fourth paragraph and talk about, again, some more rewards in heaven. Of course, this statement in this first sentence is a very obvious statement. Our rewards in heaven depend on the goodness of, and power of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. I mean, that's it. His goodness determines the rewards. Let's face it. Um, it's interesting. I, um, one of the things we did at work now is we instituted these little quarterly bonuses for the collection staff. And, you know, this was the first bonus in March. At the end of March, we were able to institute bonuses. And I have the discretion of telling them how much their bonus is going to be. And so it's from anywhere from zero to $250. And so for some of the bonuses I gave out, like $100, $150, I didn't give them the full $250. They come back to me and look at me and say, well, how come, I mean, what's, what's this little extra? What can I do to earn more? I'm like, this was the first bonus out of the gate. It was based upon the first three months of work and what you did for your portfolio review and how things came and how much was your, how good was your coverage, how many accounts did you cover and all that stuff. And I'm like saying to myself, oh boy. So obviously they wanted 250, not the 150. Some people did. And they wanted to know what they could do to increase. I said, well, that was only the first one. You've got three more quarters left to earn more bonuses. So let's see how it goes. So, obviously, I'm giving out the bonuses based upon not just discretionary, but looking at performance. But Jesus rewards us because of our faith and belief in him, and he does so out of his goodness. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, the bonuses are being given by goodness, and he's giving out these rewards to us out of the goodness 
of his heart and because he has the ability to do so. So we need to understand that aspect of it. Through Christ's resurrection, we gain an inheritance in heaven. On earth, our faith is tested and results in praise and glory and honor when Christ is revealed. Let's go ahead and turn to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. 1 Peter 1. And understand something. The, we should be praising him because of his goodness. Amen? Amen. Is that a fair? I mean, this is, this te, when, I, when I hear people are, who are not praising him out of his goodness, that means they are still developing their relationship with him. Because there has to be an understanding about this goodness that he's done for us. If he didn't do anything else for us ever in life, he deserves our praise because of our salvation. He really does. If he didn't do anything else for us, he deserves our praise because of our salvation. But we know he does much more than that. He does well beyond anything we could ever imagine or expect. God has shown himself to be a mighty God, a powerful God that transcends beyond any human reasoning and understanding that we have. And he's done it for us, not just as a group, but for you personally. You can think back of all the times in your life where you didn't even deserve to be here because of the life that you lived. And look what he did for you anyway. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We need to make sure that we don't have selective memory when it comes to this stuff. Selective memory can be a real problem. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And the heading in my Bible... Uh, The Christian Standard Bible actually has born again to a living hope, which is what you have in the same thing in the ESV. Born again to a living hope. Very important to see that. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy. Key word there. Great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary... You suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Do you understand that the goal of our faith, the reason why we have this faith and trust in him, is because we trust that Jesus Christ 
will spend eternity with us in heaven, the very place that we're going. We will be residing in heaven with him. He has prepared a place for us. It's something to look forward to in faith, and we believe it. I like that line down in verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him. And that's something that's very important for us to understand, too. Faith is all about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all about where our faith is based upon. It's a belief in Christ and that Christ will fulfill the promises that we that he has made to us. And I love that. Go back to verse four. Inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. How about that? It's in heaven for us. It's waiting for us. We're not going to know what heaven is like until we get there. Amen? Amen. But we have to believe just based upon the promises. It's a place you'd want to be. I made the analogy before about when we go on vacation. And boy, we look forward to going on vacation. We spend time just relaxing and enjoying ourselves. But heaven is going to be much greater than that. But we get the idea of how it is when we're on vacation. We're in a place that's very comfortable, a place we like, a place you enjoy. And it's a place where you can relax and be at rest. And that's a place where heaven is. Verse 6, in, that's what you want me in? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Oh, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. That's right. Very true. And we understand that we, we, our, our very nature of our faith is that we can't see anything. We can't see Jesus, but we can see Jesus working. We can see Jesus working. He's working. He's an active God. He's an active participant in our lives. So even though we can't see him, we know that he's working. And we know that he's made a promise to us about our souls. The things we do in this life are only permanent, that is, carried with us into heaven, if they are built on the foundation which is Christ. That's a great comment. Let me read that again. The things we do in this life are only permanent, that is, carried with us into heaven, if they are built on the foundation which is Christ. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Remember the comments about, you know, if, if your deeds are the equivalent of wood, hay, or stubble, what happens with wood, hay, or stubble? It's going to burn up. It's going to be, it's, it will eventually just wear out or just perish. And anything that's a deed that's wood, hay, or stubble is essentially a deed that really isn't done with the foundation of Christ involved. And so it's not going to be permanent. But anything that you do here today actually has a permanent value because of the foundation of Christ in your life, which is pretty incredible. Understand something. It's God's will for every person to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. That's the very nature of his will and purpose for us. To be the ones to help with that very endeavor. He wants to see his creation fellowship with him in heaven. 
he does not want to condemn people to hell, which is another great comment. A lot of people will say, well, God just wants to condemn people to hell. No, he doesn't. He does not want to do that. That is not in his will to do that. Ultimately, people condemn themselves. That's what needs to be emphasized. It's condemning yourself. He wants you to have a relationship with him. If you choose not to, then what is that all about? Other than saying you just don't want to have a relationship with him. That's important to remember. 1 Corinthians 3. Let me get to the right verse. Verse 11. For no one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. He ultimately is the foundation of everything that we are talking about here today. And that we've always talked about in church. We've said before, and you've said this, and you feel free to repeat this because I don't have a copyright on it. All 66 books of the Bible point to Jesus Christ. Every one of them. And people need to understand that. Verse 12. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives... He will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. That's a very, very important thing to see and understand. So essentially, if your foundation is Jesus Christ, the work that you're doing for Christ in ministry, witnessing, speaking about the gospel, communicating with people about the gospel, living a life of obedience to Jesus Christ, those are all works that have value that will be like gold, silver, or costly stones. That's the equivalent of that. And you see where it's mentioned there about the wood, hay, or straw at the end of that. The wood, hay, or straw are those works that don't have a foundation of Christ in them. Now, can believers have works of wood, hay, or straw? Yes. Absolutely. Because if you're doing something in the flesh, if you're doing something that's outside of God's will, if you're doing something that doesn't have that lasting value in Christ, yes, those works can be deemed as wood, hay, or straw. But we need to understand something that this passage is saying that believers have these types of works as well, too. Because it says, if you look to the next line, Each one's work will become obvious for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss. But he himself will be saved. So salvation, the primary reason why you're a believer, will be still intact. But you just won't have anything to show for your work. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that probably fall in that category or will fall in that category. Because they may know and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but they're just not doing anything for Christ. That's what it comes down to. Just not doing anything. You have to make sure 
that you are not the latter. And many of you in this room already know that you're not in that category because you're very active, you're very busy, you're doing that work wherever you go. It should be done in Christ. But here's a reminder. One of the things we talked about uh, a week ago, you need to be prayerful. You need to be ready to pray and be prayerful about all the situations that you're in, that you're absolutely actually doing these very things. Making sure that you have the mindset and the desire to continue to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ in the things that you do. Because ultimately you're doing those things for him. You're not doing them for yourself. In the book of Philippians, in, in chapter 1, there's this conversation that Paul has when he writes to the church of Philippi. He's very thankful, by the way, because the church of Philippi sent him a gift, so he writes him a letter. And he mentions the fact that he's locked up, and he can only do so much when he's locked up. But he can minister to those castle guards that are caring for him. Because he recognizes this whole thing about ministry is much bigger than himself. It's about Jesus Christ. And part two of that, he also mentions there are people out in the street because Paul is not on the street preaching. Now there are people out in the street actually preaching about the gospel, but they're doing so in some cases or some reasons for their own personal gain. They want to make a name for themselves. That's not hard to believe. A lot of preaching sometimes is ego-driven. It's ego-driven. You've got folks out there in churches who are preaching because there's an ego involved. It's all about them preaching the word. But Paul says, you know what? Regardless of the motivation, I'm still going to rejoice. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is being preached. Get past the personalities. Get past the individuals. Paul could have had the attitude and say, those bozos out there, they're preaching. They just want to make a name for themselves. That's not his attitude. He has the attitude and the mindset of Christ. You see how the flesh can get involved with this? You got to be careful. Understand that it's not the flesh. It's about the foundation of Christ in your ministry. Whatever you're doing, I don't care what it is. Hospitality, I don't care what it is. Opening your doors for people, you're doing so out of the goodness of Christ. Not just your own heart, but Christ. So that's very important for us to see and remember when we're looking at this. These rewards that we're getting, they will be tested by fire. They're going to have to have that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Any questions about that? Make sense? That's what it's all about. So if we were, it's not that we even want to go to heaven and say, Lord, give me my reward. It's not even about that. Because, first of all, out of his goodness, he gives us rewards. It's not about anything that you're doing. It's all about serving him. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to go to heaven. I hope not. Anybody go to heaven saying, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Give me what? He is the re- Thank you. He is the reward. He ultimately is the reward. I just said, if, if I said earlier, salvation is the reason to praise him right now. If he didn't do nothing for you after that. 
The rewards we gain in heaven are not like the rewards we earn here on earth. Amen to that. You know, money burns up too. Anybody check that out? You know, if the fire gets hot enough, your money, your credit cards, whatever you got will burn right on up. You see cars on the road sometimes, they catch fire. You know what happens to them? They burn up. Anything that we have here, it all can perish very easily. We tend to think in material terms, mansions, jewels, etc. But these things are only representations of the true rewards we will gain in heaven. That's right. All we have is a representation. I mean, it's like a hologram. It really is. You know, you can see an image in a hologram, right? But all it is is just a bunch of light that shows a picture. It's not really there. Ultimately, what we have here is just a representation of what we have in heaven. We can relate to rewards because we get rewards here too. Based upon hard work, effort. You know, you work at a job long enough, you get something for it. Hopefully more than a watch or something like that, but... But you're rewarded. You get you get raises in salary. Those are those are actual things that you can pay attention to. But they're nothing like what we get in heaven. A child who wins a spelling bee treasures the trophy he receives for not the sake of the trophy itself, but for what that trophy means. How many of you played baseball when you're younger? You had the little league, not even little league. It's like this little thing where. They give you at the end of the season, you get these little plastic trophies that are like this big. It's, it's like a trophy that, <laughs> trust me, that's not something to look forward to. <laughs> it's the cheapest trophy. It really is. It's, not a, it's just a little cheap trophy. It's barely made out. I don't even know what it's made out of. It's a plastic trophy. Exactly. The fun was in what? Playing the game. I mean, that's what it came down to. You played the game. But yeah, the spelling bee, if, you, if a kid wins a spelling bee trophy, he, it's not about the trophy. What does the trophy represent? It represents something accomplished. Likewise, any rewards or honor we gain in heaven will be precious to us because they carry the weight and meaning of our relationship with God and because they remind us of what he did through us on earth. That's what the reward or the prize is. The prize ultimately is being in fellowship with him. The reward is, is that we are working and we're going to earn these rewards. But it's not like we're going to be, you know, like panting as we get to heaven saying, Lord, what's my reward? What's my reward? No. It's just something to keep us as a reminder of what we went through, what we did. He doesn't in any way, shape or form want us to forget what we did on earth to get through to the point where we are right now. He says our suffering is not in vain. Yes. I would hope I don't think so. Because remember the gimme let's 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 discuss this. She did, I don't know if I heard what she said. Are we going to have the mindset when we get to heaven that says gimme? And I think I saw people shake their heads and say no. Why do you think that is? You'll have everything that you need right then and there. Okay, that's one way to look at it. What else? That's true. 
that's going to be so taken by who he is and what he is that that's going to all fall away. You're not going to have any of those things. Everybody hear that? You're going to be so taken by God himself. When you see him, everything else is not going to matter. The angels had the ability to have the gimme. Oh, okay. Okay. I think we need to define what the gimme is. I mean, gimme sounds more like gimme in a negative connotation. Give me is a little bit different. Maybe we need to look at it that way. Their wife doesn't want to go to heaven. She wants to have the premise in okay. I see. But that's a but but you know what? Let me let me stop for one second though. That's a fleshly that's a I shouldn't say fleshly. That's an earthly that's an earthly response based upon what you want right now. It's it's not necessarily What's going to happen in heaven? You, you don't have the ability right now to think as you do when you're going to be in heaven. You know why? There's a key word here. The issue of sin is removed. The fleshliness, the things that you think you want now. Just like you don't know what place Jesus has prepared for you. Well, I hope it's a four bedroom, two bath, such and such. You know what I mean? It might be one room. <laughs> but that's my point. You, you have an idea of what you think you want now. That's, Joanna asked the question based upon, she's, she was asking a, actually a very good question. It was a thought-provoking question. Are you going to have this attitude of gimme when you get there? You had your hand up. I'm so sorry. That's right. So it won't be a gimme. And like with Lynn, we're going to be too busy praising the Lord. Amen. We will be too busy. We will be busy praising the Lord. And if you, well, to me, if you don't learn to serve down here, you're not going to know how to serve Ooh. up there. So it's about serving, not gimme, but serving. You're so funny. I'm going to go ahead. That's right. There's all kinds of stuff here we need to factor into this whole discussion. I'm sorry. I'm going to come back, and I'll come back to you then. Or do you want me to come back to you first? Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, this is from two weeks ago. What is it like, and where is it, heaven? This is a quote from W.A. Griswell. Yes. Remember that? He says that, I'll be the same person that I am now, only with all the imperfections that's right interestingly what that means is your same personality is still going to be present except for the flesh part that's very interesting okay lynn i'm sorry everybody everybody went everybody's hands went up all at the same time today 
might be reminded of Isaiah when he was in the presence of God in the temple. Mm-hmm. When God's presence comes down, he, really, he doesn't demand anything. He doesn't say anything. The first thing he says is, woe is me. In his flesh, faced with God. That's his response on this side. I can't imagine if that, if you had enough sense to have that response in the flesh when you come face to face with God. Once you take sin out of the equation and you're with him, I would hope you'd get it even better. Well, what happened when Adam and Eve first bit into the apple? They got additional understanding, but it was not the understanding that they were closer to heaven. In fact, they were in the flesh. They gained that immediately. And then they realized what? They were naked. They realized some things that they had been naked all along. Then they gained the additional knowledge. But it was the knowledge based upon the flesh. It was knowledge based upon sin. Because they had broken fellowship with God. That was the whole thing that we needed to see from that. That Isaiah response was based upon the response of being a person. Human frailties. Look, Isaiah sinned just like everybody else. Okay? You don't read about that all the time. But he did. He was in the flesh just like us. So he looking at God coming down... He sees a whole different perspective. Just like Adam wanted to hide from God after his sin. Because he knew he messed up. Now in heaven, it's going to be different. It's going to be different because what? The flesh part is going to, we're going to be removed from that. That's going to be taken away from us. That's no longer anything we have to bear or deal with. That alone is worth praising him in heaven for. You no longer have to deal with that stuff. Let's face it. He takes care of all of that. He takes care of that from what? The cross. The cross takes care of that in the sense that once we die, we do not have to take that burden with us. He's removed that burden from us because we have fellowship promised with him. If we didn't have that removed from us, can we fellowship with him? No. That's the point. You can't. You can't take that flesh with you up into heaven. It's not going to happen. That's why if you don't acknowledge Christ as Savior, that flesh remains with you and it stays with you. What happened to the rich man who died and was in hell? He still had that fleshly nature with him in hell. And only fire can even start to attempt to cure that. That's why we talk about the punishment of being in torment. Fire is what's supposed to have a purification effect. But unfortunately for him, it's an eternal purification. Well, that took a heavy tone, didn't it? <laughs> but, but we need to... That all started with your question about gimme. There's a big difference between gimme and give me. When we pray here, we're in need of things and we'll say, give me. Give me strength, dear Lord. I need strength right now. Nothing wrong with that. Because what are you doing? You're calling on the Lord for that strength. When our faith is small, we ask the Lord, help my unbelief. 
Nothing wrong with that. Because we're always in need here. We're always in need of something here. We need energy. We need strength. We need endurance. He gives us endurance to be able to get through those difficult moments. Lynn and I can praise the Lord all day long about the endurance he gave us having to go back and forth taking care of her father. That was crazy times. But we're living testimonies that it could be done, and we did it. Because by, it was by his grace, it was by his ability, it was nothing on our own energy or strength. I mean, we had cars that were running. We didn't have any issues with that. We didn't have to worry about breakdowns. Everything, everything worked out perfectly. Yes, sir. Okay. I think that's all in these scriptures. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's the one who is giving us ultimately the rewards. It's based upon what? A foundational relationship with Christ in everything we do. It's earned here on earth. That's right. It is rewarded in heaven. That's correct. Very much so. Yes, that's exactly right. So we'll be casting him. I know where I know where you're talking about. Anybody know where that scripture is about the crowns? When we receive them, we cast them right back at his feet. I know it's in there too. It might be in Revelation. Oh my! My. Well, it's the throne in heaven is that section. Let me see here. You said 10 and 11? Uh, okay. That talks about the elders. Oh, yeah. That, that's, this is the one. That's it. Revelation 4. Go to... Verse 9, the heading in, the, in the heading in that section in Revelation 4 is the throne of heaven, the throne in heaven. I'm going to start at verse 9, but verses 10 and 11 essentially are the content. This is, this is it. I'm pretty sure this is what we're referring to. Whenever the, now, understand that this is, is talking about, um, let's see here. Uh, these are the elders, the 24 elders. Okay. Well, let me read this from first. Um, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So they're honoring God and casting whatever crowns they earned back to him. 
Now, you said 1 Corinthians. That's not it. That's, this is the one I think that I remember. I just didn't know where it was. Well, that's a homework assignment. <laughs> so, that's a homework assignment. Okay. But I think, I think that this is what we need. This is the closest thing we have to come to what we're talking about, what we, what we earn. First of all, the rewards, it says crowns. Crowns can be is a, is a reward form, obviously. It can be in a reward form as best as we understand it. But we're going to be the ones that are going to be giving those rewards back to him based upon what this passage says because we're going to be so... Um, Looking at the Lord for who he is. He's on the throne. He is in authority. He's the one that has all authority. And we're going to be talking about you created all things by your will. They exist and were created. You were created because it was God's will. How about that? That alone, once again, that alone is a reminder that he is worthy of our praise if he doesn't do anything else for us. He created you. You're either going to be created or you're going to be a nothing, whatever that is, right? We don't know what that is because we can't imagine what that would be. But if God was not around, there would be nothingness, whatever that stands for, whatever that represents. So we're praising him because he does exist as the uncreated creator. And then he, it was in his will to create you. We saw Tony Bennett last night. All I could do is just shake my head in amazement at how God has blessed him. He's 92 years old and singing like I could never sing. After a while, you've got to come to the conclusion, boy, what a blessing. But it's true for you, too. It's true for you, too. Okay. So the first Corinthians one was not not the right passage. Okay, All right. So in this way, rewards in heaven glorify God and provide us with joy, peace and wonder as we consider God's work in us and through us. The closer we were to God during this life, the more centered on him and aware of him, the more dependent on him, the more desperate for his mercy, the more there will be to celebrate. You know why? Because we're going to remember all of this. This is all in your permanent memory. Permanent memory. And something to keep in mind here, too. Those who have Alzheimer's, those who have dementia, have memory issues, guess what? It's all restored. Because that part is removed. Remember, because we're in a fallen world... We have these sicknesses, we have these illnesses, these things that we deal with. That's all going away. He's the one who restores us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is something I'll never understand, but until we get there, right? But this is, but this is part of our, the world that we live in. These things are all put in place for a reason and a purpose, but we don't understand it all the time. If for no other reason than for you to be kind. To be remembering and thanking the Lord that you have a memory. That you have what you have right now. That you are blessed. These are all things to keep in mind. We are like characters in a story who suffer doubt, loss, and fear. 
wondering if it will ever if we will ever really have our heart's desire. When the happy ending comes and desire is fulfilled, there comes a completion. The story would not be satisfying without that completion. Rewards in heaven are the completion of our earthly story, and those rewards will be eternally satisfying. And Psalm, I'll just read Psalm 1611 for you. That was the second bell. Psalm 1611 says, You reveal the path of life to me, and your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. That's a passage we use in the seminar. I remember that. It's about you reveal the path of life. You know, there are things that we would love to be able to do, but it may not be what God would have us to do. And that's okay. I mean, ultimately, you're in the place where he wants you to be. So you don't spend your time worrying about, man, I wish I could have done this or that. You know, you have so much more to be thankful for and to be blessed about where you are today. Amen? Okay. All right, that's the section on rewards. Next week we're going to have something about what is the judgment seat, the Bema seat of Christ. We'll talk about that. We'll have a good discussion about that next week. And we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer right now. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us to come together and have a good discussion today about rewards and about our attitudes and about what we'll be experiencing. And Lord, we can only go by what Scripture says, but we do know that we do have rewards in heaven if we are living foundationally for you and serving you in everything that we do. We thank you, Lord, for the promises you've made to us and those promises that you're keeping for us now and in the future. We pray now for the upcoming message in the speaker. We pray for those mothers out there, Lord, that you will just bless them. And for those who are moms who are working alone and taking care of children, we pray that you bless them as well too. Give them desire to seek after you. And we just thank you and give you praise for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Brother Beecher, that might be the passage. I, I have a feeling that's what...